to another episode of Without Boundaries. It's your host, DB. Swinging it to you live with my co-host, uh, Tyrone. Go ahead and say hello to people, Tyrone. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. And, uh, yeah, man, um, sorry for the hiatus again. Um, we got some things going on in the background. I was a little busy with some school stuff, you know, trying to make sure, you know, get all that straight. Got some other side things that I'm trying to get in order. So, you know, you guys know how that life grind goes, man. So, you mm-hmm. know, you only got 24 hours in a day. So it's what you do in those 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and other news. Yeah, welcome to a new episode uh, Without Boundaries today, man. Um, yeah, so let's just go ahead and dive straight into it. Uh, first, Tyrone, I mean, we were talking about this before we start recording, but we can carry on the conversation on to the podcast Okay. Uh, I, I'm gonna let you go ahead and tell it, and then we're just gonna go back and forth and talk about it a little bit. Okay. Well, I just uh, received some news uh, that Scottie Pippen called his former uh, six-time NBA champion head coach. Well, he's what 11 now, but it went wild. Yeah. yeah. So while he was with the his coach, he called him a racist, uh, mm. and it stems from I don't know if you remember what the car. I don't even know if you were born in well. What, when remember when Mike retired that first time, so there was a game. Yeah, uh, I, I was born then. I mean, yeah, I heard about it, but I don't think was, I was born then. Okay, this was back in '94. So, um, I believe '94. This was in '90. Yeah, this was in '94. This was a playoff game, I believe, against the Pacers, if I remember correctly. So, uh, it's it's kind of iconic shot. Tony Kukoc hitting the shot. So, what the play was not drawn up for Scotty. Um, for that, for that, um, for that uh, shot, and if you saw, you know, uh, the um, the last dance, you saw that Scotty was not in the game. He uh, didn't want to be in the game because he was the the play was not drawn up for him, so he was feeling some type of way. So, uh, but Tony Kukoc ended up hitting the game winning shot. So, um, there, what they, what happened was he was on the uh, Dan Patrick show, and uh, he called it a racial move that that was taking place now um i I believe there's a quote here i'm trying to read it now he said i don't think it's a mystery you need to read between the fine lines it was my first year playing without michael why wouldn't i be taking that last shot i've been through all the ups and downs the battles with the pistons and now you're going to insult me and tell me you take it to take it take it out i thought Mm -hmm. it was a blow i felt like it was an opportunity to give kukos a rise it was a racial move to give him a rise after all I've been through with this organization, now you're going to tell me to take the ball out and throw it to Tony Kukoc? You're insulting me. That's how I felt. Now, Dan Patrick tried to double down, tried to, tried to make sure he got the right uh, quote from him, said, um, yeah. he asked, well, you think this was a racial move? Um, um, I, um, and Dan Patrick said, by saying it was a racial move, then, then, then you're calling Phil Jackson a racist. And Pippen said, I don't have a problem with that. Dan Patrick said, do you think Phil was? And Pippen said, oh, yeah. So 
I personally, I personally don't believe that he was a racist, and I was um, there have been reports saying that you know uh, the reason why he wasn't given that last shot is because you know previous plays he was not uh, succeeding with the game with the ball in his hand the last second. So, yeah. so that's the reason why the uh, play was not drawn up for him. It was drawn up for Tony Kukoc because he hadn't been succeeding in the game, uh, winning situations. So, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, my bad to cut you off, but I just want to point out. So, like Scottie Pippen, he was mad at Kukoc for taking that last second shot, right? Mm-hmm. But my thing is, let's go back to um, the '97 uh, Finals with the Bulls, right? Mm-hmm. They won that title because Michael passed up a shot and gave it to Steve. Now, Michael could have hit that shot, but mm-hmm. a better shooter was in the game at the time, and mm-hmm. he gave it to Steve Kerr to win that title. Am I right or wrong? You're right, and you so, think about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, that goes to show Michael's character. I mean, Scotty, Scotty didn't have that in him. Like, I mean, bro, like, I don't think it was – I mean, I wasn't in locker room or anything like that, but I don't think it was anything having to do with race. I mean, it's just – one of those things in basketball, like that's just knowing your personnel. Like if I have a forty percent three point shooter on the court versus a twenty six percent, and you know, granted, I'm the twenty six percent three point shooter, but I'm you know one of the primary scorers on the team. You know, I'm last second shot game on the line. I'm passing the forty percent guy. You know, that's yeah, kind of you know common sense basketball wise. You know, you're not gonna sit there and have you know a high percentage shot with a high percentage shot maker. And pa- not passing them all, you know, like you want to get the best quality shot. So, I mean, Absolutely. I felt like Scotty Pippen wasn't the best three point shooter, if I remember that correctly, right? He wasn't, he could hit them air every once in a while, like from the corner yeah. and stuff like that, but he wasn't, that wasn't his end all be all game. His was getting, you know, doing the defensive stop. He was a defensive stopper and he was an athletic um, guy. He was kind of, he was kind of LeBron before LeBron, but can't do as much as LeBron. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, he, um, yeah, he, I think he he's in um, wrong with that. And plus, a lot of people don't remember Tony Kukoc was a beast back in the day. Yeah. So you know he's you know he's about to go into the Hall of Fame, uh, you know this upcoming um, year. But Tony Kukoc was 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 a was a good was a good player back in the day, back in the mid to late nineties with the with the Bulls. So uh, yeah. yeah, so I I I'm definitely not going to go with that. And plus, he had Kobe and Shaq. Don't you think? Especially with Shaq and Kobe's personality, don't you think one of them would have said something? Yeah. Uh, even Mike, I mean Mike, Mike retired because Phil wasn't wasn't the coach for the Bulls no more. So, yeah. so yeah, I think, and honestly, I think too, Pippen's just trying to sell his book because he does have a book coming out. That's it's supposed to be a tell-all book, but um, yeah, I, I think that man just trying to. A tell-all book. I think he's trying to have some like the Just, last dance or yeah. something to kind of give his perspective and story on things. He's seen how much hype Michael had off it, and he and didn't uh, like. Yeah, he didn't like the he didn't like Mike's perspective on the last dance. He felt like the way he was um, played, you know, he was portrayed uh, wasn't the in the greatest light. But to be honest with you, I mean, as a kid, you know, growing up, I you know, I've seen Scotty miss that first half of that last season. It was, you know, because he didn't want to rehab on the off season. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That you know he was playing a selfish role, and uh, he's called, you know, called Kevin Durant out, and Kevin Durant's um, uh, 
got receipts on him too. So he was like, yeah, yeah. like, like I feel like Scottie Pippen's one of those personalities. Like you know how Paul Pierce kind of was talking when mm-hmm. it was his final season, and like you know how Kobe went out on his farewell tour, and he, you know, everybody gave Kobe love, but Paul Pierce ain't really get that same treatment. So, you know, Paul Pierce was, I remember he was drawn back and forth with Draymond talking. You know, yeah. They don't love you like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah. I think, I think Scotty can, honestly, you could probably say he got that Paul Pierce role right now. Like, he, he see the, the hype Michael had and what Michael had going for him. It's one of those cases where you're like, you know, you know, sad to see it, but, you know, I yeah. want the spotlight, but I can't get the spotlight type thing. And yeah. he's like, bro, like, look, man, what I mean, okay, if Phil Jackson is racist, which I hope he's not because he's one of my favorite coaches, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can't, you know, I don't know the man like that. I mean, he seemed like a good soul, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, if Phil Jackson is racist, then, I mean, wh- I mean, what are you getting at this point at your career saying that now? I mean, you know. Book sales. What, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like at that point you're just kind of grabbing it because of today's climate. Yeah, like you just saying it because like, oh, he's racist, and we talking about racism heavy today. Yeah, but like, I think you just like you said for book sales, and that's not the right reason you should do it, bro. Yeah, yeah Colin Cowherd, uh, from what I was told, um, by my father, he was saying that he was on there, on the show, on his uh, on his normal show, and he was calling out um Scotty's book saying it's full of lies, and saying that uh. You know, even when he went to Portland later on in his career, he, you know, um, the coach for Portland didn't drop any plays for him <laughs> because he didn't believe in him in the clutch. So, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, Phil not drawing up any plays for him. It's, it's um, you know, it's his other coaches as well. They didn't believe in him as well in the clutch. So it's yeah. not it's not a uh, it's not just feel there and like I said before I mean he's coached you know two of the top five players of all time and and the most dominant player of all time (laughs) I'm so both African-American I don't believe either one of them uh would want a especially with the especially uh Kobe with his personality and Shaq I, I believe wholeheartedly they wouldn't want uh, to be playing for a racist coach if they felt that way. So definitely, and Kobe loved Phil to death too. That's the thing too. And Kobe would be one of those straightforward guys that'd be like, "Nah, that's not it, Chief." Mm-hmm. So this is like, "Nah, man." I think I think Scotty got a little cap in him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, definitely trying to get that book out there. But um, shifting to other news, um, this recently came out. I believe it was last week or so. And Tyrone, I know you don't know too much about it, but uh, you know, T Pain came out recently. I think it was about a week or two weeks ago. I, I can't remember exactly when it came out. But uh, T Pain and Usher, T Pain uh, came out and said recently that basically Usher had caused him to go on an eight-year hiatus where he was very depressed, very down on himself, and really didn't want to get back into the music flow. Said that Usher came and told him that he basically um, killed music, that he ruined music. And that kind of weighed a little bit heavy on T-Pain's mind to the point where it honestly just stopped, you know, it made him stop making music. So mm-hmm. he, was, he was completely gone from the scene. He was kind of a hermit in some cases. Like he showed up in a video on uh, Instagram where he had, it, he had checked his Instagram DMs because he didn't even know he could check that, nor did he even know he had those. And um, it was a whole bunch of collabs and everything from people. And he was like, yo, I mean, I just don't really be on. I'll be doing my own thing. And, you know, partially, you know, and, you know, I'm going to speculate a little bit. I think that's just part of kind of like, you know, yo, I mean, I'm, I, I ruin music, so I don't have no need to be on a scene. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just kind of think on Usher's part, that was low-key 
sort of, and you know, excuse the language, everyone. That's low key an asshole thing to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, bro, how are you gonna tell this man he ruined music when I mean, honestly, you could say that T Pain kind of pioneered music. Like, Facts. honestly, I think he was one of those people that really first utilized auto tune and not an OC way, right? But in a way that it was that it was actually like, you know, quality. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that you know he opened the door for like you know people like you know especially like Tory Lanes for like someone who uses auto tune throughout the whole song and mm-hmm. you know like if you listen to a Tory Lanes song like you get night and day I, I first time I heard Tory Lanes I thought it was two different people on there and then I didn't see no feature and I realized that was the same dude right or like someone like you know R P the Speaker Knockers or someone like A Boogie but like you know a lot of people honestly use auto tune to their benefit now like honestly. T-Pain was the pioneer in that, so I don't even think he killed music. I think he kind of revitalized it and added a new aspect to it. Yeah, absolutely. And let's be real. I mean, T-Pain can sing with or without auto-tune. Exactly. <laughs> he, he got pipes. <laughs> he got he pipes got regardless. Pipes. He got like, pipes I would regardless. listen to a T-Pain album right now. And the crazy thing is, and I was talking about this earlier with my girl, the crazy thing is, is that if you really think about it, what did Usher do in those eight years that... I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, what, what, what the... What man, really out, man. Like, a, look, let it burn. That's nah, I was in high school when that came burns. out. That's that's yeah, like, yo, like, yo, like, no, 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 really, really think about this, bro. Like, what did, what did Usher really do, bro? Like, honestly, I he think, was dope in 04. Yeah, he, the, like, look, early 2000s, early 2000s, he definitely had it, bro. He definitely had it. But yo, it's like, it's like Neo. Neo had the early 2000s, but you don't hear no Neo no more. I don't even yeah. think Neo makes music, period, anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. Usher was on that same type of time. Like, bro, I don't hear no new Usher singles. He been on I The Voice. The Voice. <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's how you know. I didn't even know he was a TV host on that joint. Well, he was at one point back in like I think 2013, 2014 ish, somewhere around there. I don't know what he's doing now. Like, uh, yeah, he he... did come out with that song. What's that? Um, gotta get that money, money, money. Yo, money, money. How long ago was that? I don't know. I feel like, look, 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 look. You know, when you hear a song. And you uh-huh. feel like it's recent, maybe mm-hmm. like three years old. I feel yeah. like it might be one of those things. I feel like it may be like a year or two old, but in my head, it feel like it came out yesterday. So let's be real about something. We just we just talked about when's the last time Usher has been relevant. T Pain's uh, been relevant more recent than than Usher has in the oh, music definitely. game. T Pain back in 08, 09-ish, man, that dude was the biggest thing out. Like one and not the biggest thing, one of the biggest things out. I'm sorry, uh, from a music standpoint, yeah. uh, you, you know, him been collabing with everybody, everybody wanted to collab with that man. You know, I, I still bumped him and Jamie Foxx to this day. Man, if you look at his DMC he posted, he has yeah. current people that still want to collab with him. Fact. He's like, bro, he's like, I didn't even know all these people was, you know, trying to trying to mess with me or right? like, where did they come from? Like, yo, T Pain is one of those people that, like, yo. He can still get it on, and like you know, shout out to that man because he's still making bread and getting his money up without even mm-hmm. making music. That's the crazy thing. But I you think... gotta think about it too. It might be a blessing in disguise because you know how people are, like Eminem and stuff like that. When you are out for a little while and you finally come back and get that little, you know, that little buzz, people want to hear your music. They ain't heard you yeah. had any music in a while, mm-hmm. and then you come out and everybody wants to buy your music again because they miss you. So it's probably yeah. a blessing in disguise that he, you know, he was out for that long. So people can um, people will want desire his music again. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I would definitely listen to a T Pain album from start to finish right now. I would Fair. not. 
And the and the thing is, is like I heard I think Usher has like a compound or like a venue out in Vegas that apparently he's just like doing shows out in Vegas the whole time where it's like, oh, that's know, like three, four days a week. Man, that's and, what Britney Spears does. Now. <laughs> and honestly, I think when you when you reach that part in your career, it's the- <laughs> look, look, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to downplay the brother. Yeah. Look, I'm all, I'm all for support. He, you know, my fellow black man. But look, I think when you reach that point in your career, you just start to hit that that decline. When you, you just really playing can. songs from 20 years ago and you ain't got no yeah. number two. Look, you're not moving to no other state. You're not even moving across the street to a different venue. At the same place. If y'all want to show up and see me sing, y'all know where to be. Who's the, who's, the, who's the dude that's saying saying it's not unusual? <laughs> He's been fresh person. <laughs> that's all he does now. He makes he makes bank, but that's all he does. He in Vegas doing that. That's a, that's all he do. Like, and it's like, bro, I think at that point you gonna talk about T Pain. What did you do in your eight years, man? What did you do in your eight years? T-Pain he got hurt. Never mind. Right I'm gonna leave it alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna leave, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna leave that one alone. Let it burn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Usher. Yeah, like you don't come at T Pain, man. You cause that man some mental trauma, yeah. some depression, and everything. I don't even think yeah. that was fair because T Pain came out and had a mass depression. Now he's sitting mm. there. He finally got over his depression and feel like eight eight years of his life was on hold. Like, come mm-hmm. on, dude, that was kind of messed up. So I feel like. I don't know. I feel like, in my opinion, Usher got to go up and be like, "Look, T Pain, my bad for my comments back then. I ain't know what I was talking about. I thought I was the, I thought I was, the, you know, that 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 dude. But in reality, it, it really turned out how I be. Because I mean, look where I am, and look how how you are right now. I mean, what what difference does it make? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We can say yes. Look at where I'm at, and look at where you are. <laughs> Irrelevant. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I'm sitting yeah. here. I'm on the Voice. And you sitting here, and you don't even make music. I mean, what, what's the difference between what we're doing? I, I'm just still not making music. I'm just listening <laughs> to other people's music. So, I mean, exactly. what's the difference between what we both doing right now? My bad, bro. Like, you just hash it up like that. But, yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was some crazy news that I heard. Yeah. Yeah, so, just- question. So, I just thought about something, too. Back to sports. Uh, mm-hmm. As you know, uh, everybody, Olympics is coming up. And they just announced the United USA men's basketball team. Yeah. Now, the – one player that has given everybody a uh, a raised eyebrow that's on this team is Kevin Love. Now, I do know how uh, the general manager works in his, uh, you know, how he does things. See, what he usually does is he asks the former Olympians who who he used to um, – who used to be on the team from USA from World Cup to Olympics and things if they want to be a part of the team and yeah. if they say yes or no. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Rose uh, called them having Kevin Love on a team is basically their token white player. Mm-hmm. Now, I uh, I will disagree with them on this standpoint because I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, they're going to their you know Kevin Love was on the 2012. Olympic team with one of the greatest Olympic basketball teams with, you know, LeBron, KD, Kobe, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so he They're was on that team. Well, no, he was on, that was, that's 08. 2012 oh, yeah, was, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, 2012 was, uh, was just the, you know, just another dominant team. I think Redeem team was a little bit better, but, but this mm-hmm. team was legit too. You had a young KD, you had an older Kobe, but you had a, 
you had, you know, LeBron at his at his peak, and mm-hmm. you know, he had Caleb and you know a whole bunch of other guys. I'm not gonna get into all the names, but yeah, right now, Kevin Love is like the the one uh, player that everybody's kind of like saying what? What and, the hell? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. So, but because I mean, if you think about it, you know, he's been irrelevant since LeBron's been gone. So, I mean, has he even played a full season? I can't remember. Uh, I feel like, no. I feel, like, I feel like he's been on the sideline. Like, I feel like he's like Udonis Haslam, just in street clothes. Well, he, like I think, there for moral support. Yeah, I think he was averaging like twelve and seven this year, twelve points and seven rebounds this year. He only played. Oh, wow. uh, he actually played. Wow. Yeah, he played twenty five games this past season, averaged twelve point seven rebounds. Well, what was his injury? Uh let me. Uh, I'm not. I forgot. I mean, you played twenty five games. I mean, I mean, he must have had a really significant injury then. Yeah, he's been he's been in and out of the lineup for oh, you know. They just said they just said injury issues, so it's more than one <laughs> way it sounds. So yeah, <laughs> I, right. so yeah, it's right, just okay. yeah. So yeah, I believe. Um, I think he was more upset because he believed that's uh, DeAndre Ayton's spot. You know, for the Phoenix Suns, he could have yeah, been a good. He could have been a good uh, addition to that team, but yeah, that team looks legit. But that's the oh, wait. Isn't uh, DeAndre Ayton? Isn't he like Canadian or? He's from the Caribbean or something like that. So would he even qualify for the USA team? I'm not sure. I, you know, you, you might be right, but that's what Jalen. I'm going by what Jalen. Uh, Jalen Rose said. Uh, he that's that's the main guy he brought up. Now he he, he called him the white token pair, the token white player. But you got to think about. I mean, I believe in 2016 uh, they didn't have any white players. So I think his his opinion on him being the token white player is kind of irrelevant because if you go back to that Olympic team four, you know, five years ago, uh, there was no white players on there. So I don't think yeah. that has any race has anything to do with it. I just think it's the way they select the team. They try to get guys who are on the team first. They get them the first select, you know, yeah, the first kind of like when you like in, in high school, you got the, you know, varsity squad to make it in. It's pretty much going to mm-hmm. be the same squad until those, those four years are gone for that varsity yes. squad. So, I mean, I, I, I can understand where they're coming from with that. But I guess, I in like, you know, honestly, today's climate for someone like K Love, who's had those quote unquote injury issues, mm-hmm. who's only played 25 games in a season, I could definitely see where it's coming from. Cause, like, yo, you, it's basically wasting wasting a roster spot. Like, I mean, you want somebody who's actually going to produce and play. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I support the DeAndre Aiden thing. I mean, I, I just don't know where. I mean, it says he's from Nassau, Nassau Bahamas. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I mean, well, you got to think about it too. Is I mean, that, that, that's it, a territory, right? Like, yeah. Well, you got. Well, you got to think about it too. Is that you know, if he's a U.S. citizen, as long as he doesn't, I believe the rule is, as long as you haven't played any international basketball with a that country that you grew up with, then you can qualify for the USA basketball team. That's how Akeem Olajuwon got on the USA basketball team back in the '90s. Um, and uh, there's a um, that's the reason why Carl Anthony Towns can't play for USA because when yeah, he was like he played for Canada, right? He, no, he played for uh, Puerto Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico back in. Oh, yeah. but I keep thinking, who's the Canadian players I'm thinking of? I know a uh, you, one. You talking about Tyrus Thomas and Thompson? No, Tom, not Tyrus Thomas, but uh, Tom, Thompson, uh, the uh, uh, Kardashian. Uh, <laughs> mm. Oh, Tristan Thompson. Tristan, so yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Him, yeah, he, he's messed up. Plenty of times, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. That and uh, it's a few. Yeah, they they're starting to get uh get some get some traction. They said you know Ben Simmons he won't be playing because he's trying to get his uh skills together. Which he man, let's be real, he just trying to get a jumper. 
<laughs> man, man, no sugar cut. That man trying to get a jumper. Man, they've been clowning that man since he got off. Since that man, he couldn't even dunk the ball. I was just looking. <laughs> Bro. I was like, yeah. So that yeah, that's a that. whole other story on Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Philly. I know y'all hurting with that man right now, but y'all real for keeping him. Though I give y'all that. Man, I I trade him for Dame in a heartbeat. Get him out man. there. Get him. Man, speaking of Dame, man, yo, you think he's really gonna uh, stay with Portland? No. I say this is what's going to probably he's going to do. I think he's going to pull an Anthony Davis mm. where he's going to start the season off with him or like a James Harden, start the season off with him. If things don't go right, he's going to say, I want out. Mm. So, okay. I can believe so that. I, yeah, I think he's going to say that and want out. Now, they're saying that, you know, maybe L.A. or something. That's if, you know, L.A. don't try to go after Russell Westbrook first. But, uh, oh, I, God. yeah, there's Russell Westbrook. There's, there's rumors of them trying to get him. I think Dame is a better fit, but uh, they they're talking about that. I think if you trade possibly a Ben Simmons and maybe one of their role players and some draft picks, then uh, I, I think you got a shot at at Dame uh, for that. For him and him and uh and B together, that would be that would be crazy. Definitely. And as long as long as you don't keep as long as you don't um let go of Seth Curry either. I don't. I think Seth Curry. That man, been, that man been shooting like his brother during the playoffs. Yeah, no man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curry boys. Yep, yep. Did you see uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, and his wife getting a uh, divorce? Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of those things that everyone kind of knew coming. I mean, I mean, that yeah. Melo, that man Melo apparently got another kid. So. Yeah, and I think he tried to keep it low and try to not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think he tried to pay the. Uh, <laughs> that man uh, tried to keep it low, low. Yeah, he was trying to man text messages and it went viral. Oh, so it was a text message. I didn't see the text. I just saw yeah, the nah, report. Them texts were real messy. Them texts are real messy. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, y'all yeah. can go find them on the internet if y'all interested. But I just know those texts are real messy. Yeah, la la ain't gonna ain't gonna be ain't be going for that. So yeah, I got you. Got All right, so yeah. we're in the COVID news. Let's talk about this uh this variant over here in the United States from uh what was believe I believe India. Um, mm-hmm. The Delta variant, you know, is, you know, is the new leading strain of COVID-19 over here in the United States. Uh, if you guys don't know about the Delta variant, it's basically a very severe form of COVID-19 that uh, essentially once infected, it becomes a black mold-esque in, in your body. So basically it infects your lungs, you know, just like COVID. But, um, you know, it basically, if you guys ever play Resident Evil, just picture like, uh, you know, that, that mold that you see on Resident Evil. Just picture that kind of growing in your lungs and it grows throughout your face, you know, your occipital lobe, uh, throughout your brain and all that stuff. Basically, you start to become a big mushroom um, just to try to put something, you know, bad in life perspective. But um, in all seriousness, it's, it's actually, you know, I believe it's, you know, taking over quite a bit over here. And I believe that if you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you should be uh, protected against the variant and it should uh, fend it off if you're not vaccinated. You know, as always, even with regular COVID, be careful out here. But, um, you know, you can definitely be affected by that variant. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just want to uh, I just want to talk about that for a little bit, because, you know, I think that a lot of people don't, honestly don't know, you know, about the Delta variant. and They don't know what really consists of it. But I mean, you know, if you've been looking at what's been going on in India, I mean, it literally, you know, crippled India. You know, COVID already had you know, it's toll on, you know, different countries. But when that Delta variant happened over there in India, because, you know, I don't think they got as much help as they, um, you know, would have liked. 
essentially that uh, Varian had pretty much, you know, cut in half, you know, their 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 population. Like, you know, not saying, you know, of death, but like of people who got infected. And honestly, if you see the pictures and everything of like the mold and stuff growing from people, it's it's pretty horrendous, man. Yeah. They're uh, talking about they're the um as you know the United States has slowed down. We're still number one in COVID cases in the uh, in the world. Um but um or in the um in the world, but uh India is quickly creeping up in number two uh yeah. with about thirty million. And um, you know, it's coming it's coming over here and I think we it, it's kinda like what I said, uh I've said before, uh, you know, even though we've even though we've had our uh you know, our COVID and everything, give it a little bit more time. We're gonna um we're going to figure out a way to get this, you know, get this uh, straight too. I mean, even with our vaccines, I know that we're not totally safe, but at least we're safe enough. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah. uh, I think with the, uh, with the Indian India case, uh, man, just, just be safe out here, y'all. And uh, wear your mask, even though you're vaccinated, I still wear my mask, even though I'm vaccinated yes, because it, 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 there's too many, uh, too many, uh, just nasty people out here, regardless of <laughs> regardless if there was COVID or not. You know, people just nasty. Period. So yeah. just <laughs> just keep just keep uh keep yourself uh safe. Uh, you know, always sanitize yourself and everything like that. Uh, and you know, it's just sad to say to this see this um happen, um with everything going on. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I'm reading a tweet right here per the Associated Press at the AP. Um. End quote, the Delta variant of the coronavirus has been found in more than 80 countries. Uh, wow. You know, essentially, it says 20% of infections are in the United Kingdom and in the United States. And mm. that 20% being solely to the United States. So, yeah, like I said, um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely creeping up. Um, it's 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 honestly one of the, I believe, most uh, dangerous variants we've had. You know, right. in terms of COVID nineteen, and hopefully, you know, it doesn't, you know, knock on wood, but hopefully, nothing, you know, bad comes upon this. You know, if a variant like that's being made, then you know, right. variant more variants are more so to come. But you know, hopefully, that we can find not just a vaccine, but maybe a cure for COVID, mm. and um, you know, just kind kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like we see someone of the light, you know, mass restrictions, social distancing, and all that stuff is starting to get eased up, but. Hopefully mm-hmm. that's one of those things that you know it it's more good than bad, you know. Yeah, and let's use common sense too, y'all. I know, I know we, uh, you know, a lot of us, you know, as as Christians, we have, you know, we believe that we can be, uh, you know, safe. You know, and if you're religious, you know, we have Christians out there, you know, it's like I'm, you know, God's got me this, that, and the other. Yeah, He's got us, but you know, He's taking this thing is taking out pastors and preachers too, and they just believe just as much as we do. Yeah. So he, this thing doesn't have a, uh, <laughs> this yeah, thing doesn't, doesn't have, have a set demographic. Is that don't have a set demographic, man? This thing is real, and uh, you gotta you gotta take precautions, even if you don't feel like uh, you want to take the vaccine that's on you and you know and the vaccine is not meant for everybody some you know the vaccine if you have certain certain health problems is not meant for you but for the ones that can uh i suggest that you you know take every precaution if not just not for you just for your family and people surrounding you uh you know just to just to keep them safe you know that's that's the uh, be we gotta like i've said in the past be unselfish at this point you know 
Uh, I understand that you don't, you know, you don't believe in it, but you have family members too that I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to see their family members who still have not seen their family members. I have uh, seen cases online where family members are finally, you know, brothers have finally been able to touch each other for the first time in over a year and grandmothers been able to see their grandkids and uh, for the longest time. And, you know, we got to have an unselfish attitude when it comes to stuff like this. And, and not just, you know, with, you know, I'm not even saying, you know, take the vaccine, but just, just be precautious and be respectful to people's space and don't be pushy with your beliefs on other people when it comes to this type of stuff too. You know, people have their own way of thinking. So just, just respect it, you know? Definitely, man. Y'all just got to, you know, make sure you stay on your P's and Q's. Like I said, just because lights at the end of the tunnel doesn't mean we're out the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just just make sure that you guys, you know, just be mindful of that and uh, you know, you know, stay stay prepared out here. Cause boy, when they lifted that uh that lifted those uh, restrictions, twelve AM clubs were popping. <laughs> I was like, you What in the <laughs> I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I saw some people on Facebook Live I said, Y'all just don't care. Oh, you know how you see, you know how you've seen a, a crowd of people. You know, you know, past year, you said, mm-hmm. "Ooh, this is you just, this just reeks of COVID right here." I'm just gonna have to go yeah. on. I'm just gonna have to go and step on out real quick and just see. <laughs> it's too much going on here. It only had nothing to do with you just being an introvert. You yeah. just saying, "Ooh, nah, just yeah, nah, 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 nah. too much." I said, "COVID." just step on out real quick put that one finger up like you in church and say all right i'm out <laughs> goodbye yep all right let's see um and, and some uh you know and some uh nice you know upliftment of our people of our uh nice and fellow black man uh, America's first black billionaire. His name is Robert L. Johnson, the founder of Black Entertainment Television, better known as BET, is the first black billionaire per uh, Vice News, uh, Vice Media, actually. Um, apparently, he is the first black billionaire and he wants a check. Um, he wants the government to basically cut a check, which is going to be a reparation check and issue apologies for slavery, Jim Crow, and 100 years of, er- of racism. He is uh, 75 years old, and he basically owns several homes, you know, managements, assets, and all that good stuff. I mean, the man is the owner and founder of BET. I mean, what do you expect? Um, he is the so first. He, so he, he, was the, he was the first. He's not the only, right? Because I know I can think of a few billionaires right now that are African-American. You're saying he was the first while ago, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he, he was the first black billionaire, yes. Okay, so gotcha. So he's the gotcha. first out of them all. Okay, and, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> So he's also the first black person to own a majority stake in the NBA team. Uh, he said that he doubts the check they'll ever come, but he sees a new kind of reparations being called a different name. So it will not be as divisive or controversial happening already. So basically those reparations coming back um, in, in a different terminology, just so it won't create that uh, divisiveness that reparations have been coming to uh, kind of be known as. And he wants, uh, guess how much he wants, Tyrone? How much? Uh, if I'm reading this correctly, he uh, wants $14 trillion given by the government to uh, black people for reparations. <coughs> wow. Wow. Trillion. Yeah. As, yeah. That's, uh, that's, I guess when uh, you're in a different tax bracket, that, that, that's $14 trillion is $14 to you, so you can ask for that. Whoa. I mean, 14. I'm, I mean, I, I'm, that, I'm that will never figure out how, how you the first black billionaire, but you... Uh, 
asking for yeah. a trillion. Okay. Yeah, um, that, I'm that's like, all right now. So true. That's that's for that. Wow, man. I mean, I'm not trillion. against it. I mean, because that's fourteen trillion. That's not going to potentially happen. be in my pocket. <laughs> no, but, negative. You got to divide it up to how many billions of people, though. That's yeah, and, definitely. And that, like, like we talked about a couple yeah. episodes. I don't believe reparations can really, you know, heal and mend. You know, over four hundred plus years of racist and they, slavery and, they tax that. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that fourteen trillion gonna go down way, way, way down. So, mm-hmm. and then apparently, uh. And, and this is again quote from Vice News. Uh, quote: The new reparations is a critical race theory. Education is the housing grant program in Evanston, Illinois. It's five billion to target support and debt relief for Black farmers, and it's fifty billion in corporate pledges in the wake of George Floyd's murder, dedicated to combating system systemic racism and inequality. Even though just two hundred fifty million or zero point five percent has actually materialized so far. Another quote is, that's what's happening to the reparations. It's been cut up into small pieces of things that look and feel like we want to end the systemic racism. We want to end the police brutality shootings and to provide fa- financing to black small business owners. Johnson tells Vice News. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a no. I don't believe that's what I believe I mean, once it's, it's one... very bold and ambitious, but I just you can't. Yeah, you don't know if you don't ask. So hey. Yeah, hey, I mean, you know. <laughs> Closed mouths don't get fed, so he he definitely opened his mouth. And which I mean, I'm not even mad at me, you know. Like I said, I think reparations are good to an extent. I just don't think they're really going to cover, you know, all the death, trauma, despair, and depression that was caused on our people. Um, yeah. I do think you know it can definitely help benefit us and help you know generate you know uh, financial freedom and wealth uh, within the culture. And so I'm not against it. I just don't think that necessarily it's going to be a heal all band aid. Well, I think that's what they're going. What they would do if they were, let's say, for some odd reason, they would uh, give us the reparations. They would say, okay, that's it. We done our doing. We done our part. So I don't want to hear any more excuses. And yeah, I don't like, hear this. when you give a baby we, a toy, and you think like, all right, now be quiet. Yeah, but nah. Is exactly. You know, like we gave you that. So what else do you want from us? Nah, that wouldn't. Uh, that wouldn't fly. But that's what that mentality would be if they were to do something like that. Yeah, nah. Like I mean, I like I said, I, I you know, if if it somehow gets passed, by all means, you know, shout to shout out to, you know, all, all them dudes over there at BET working under that man because they they gotta be pushing a heavy pencil and paper to you know help them man write the the letter he's even gonna write to the government on trying to propose mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. But I mean, hey, more power to him if he's able to pull it off. I definitely support it. I want my fourteen trillion in my pocket. However much I get, I'm cool with just fourteen dollars in my pocket that was given to me. So I mean, look, more the merrier. Absolutely. But um, you know, back to I mean, I noticed that one of the things that was said was you know it was going to go some of the funding was going to go into critical race theory. And I wanted to talk to you about that, Tyrone. How do you feel about um some of these school systems actually banning the teachings of critical race theory inside the classroom? Uh, I'm not surprised. And actually, and actually. <laughs> Before I even before I even go into that, let me give the critical race theory definition to those who may not know what it is, just because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, and that's kind of new terminology nowadays for some people. But mm-hmm. um, I'll go ahead and give a little brief description. Um, critical race theory is an academic movement of civil rights scholars and activists in the United States who seek to critically examine U.S. law as it intersects with issues of race in the U.S. and to challenge mainstream American liberal approaches to racial justice. So, I mean, to essentially, and, I, and I'll put it in, you know, without boundaries terms, uh, critical race theory is basically 
the approach, perspective, and mindset of the black person towards what's going on in the United States in regards to laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. In regards to laws, uh, anything that's basically involving the behavior and treatment of black people and even previous events and everything. So uh, it's, it's kind of unwhitewashing uh, black history as well as unwhitewashing current and present times. So, um, you know, that, that's basically critical race theory is, but it's actually, you know, by, by, you know, I believe it's some Republicans, actually some, uh, (laughs) some, uh, some angry Caucasian fellows. Um, they don't, they don't want critical race theory taught in schools because apparently it will threaten the way that America is today. And they want to keep the tradition up of what's already being taught. Well, whitewashed. Exactly. Well, you got to think about it too. It would contradict everything uh, that we're being taught in the schools today. It it's like basically giving you, okay, so more so, you know, how in the school they give you facts, they give you these these certain facts. Now, when you get to college, sometimes they want you to out, you know, to think outside the box. And, yeah, they want you to practice yeah, critical thinking skills. Yeah, critical thinking skills. Now, when you're in high school, when you're in school, like just regular school, a lot of times they don't want you. They just want to get the information into you that they want you to hear. Uh, yeah, they're trying to prepare you for college when college is a totally different beast. Exactly. So you got, um, so let's say if you give what these books are giving you, uh, these history books are giving you, which is a lot of them are whitewashed. And yep. so let's go with, let's say you, you get those facts in your system. Uh, now you're given critical race theory and all these other uh, ways of thinking in your system. Then it gives them, probably gives them fear that, oh, they can think outside the box. You know, they'll start asking questions. And the people who are in charge a lot of times probably aren't prepared for that either. These teachers they have in, uh, that they have in these schools probably won't be prepared for something like that for for yeah. for kids to think like that and because a lot of times these teachers don't think like that too you gotta think about yeah. that too yeah, uh, te- teachers that are in these uh, positions you've seen a lot of uh, I've seen especially in this area a lot of you know African American teachers are not there's there's a lack of them put it that way especially when yeah. I was when I was substitute teaching uh, I was I was offered a couple jobs you know, while I was substitute teaching because they saw a black male could be a good influence. Now, now me personally, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, you know, I, I love the kids, but not that much, but yeah. anyway, <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, when you have, when you're putting uh, a different way of thinking in the, in the, in the school system, then you're going to have a different uh, position being raised. Like people, people are, are taking a different approach um growing up um with that with that information so you just want to be like no nah, let's just keep it the way it is we so they can know you know they they know what what we're telling them basically you yeah. know fourth of july this that and the other you know they don't want to say that you know that that you know this first amendment wasn't wasn't for the black people but uh but yeah, we're just gonna keep it like this, this, that, and the other. Now, when you get to college, they'll a lot of times you do run into professors yeah. that want you critical thinking, like you said. But with this, now nah, they just want to be keep it basic for the for the kids and not let them think outside the box, which is stupid. And in all honesty, like, like, and I, I'm gonna give two different perspectives I have on the critical race theory in in the school system, and then outside the school system so i feel like within the school system like you said like it's just kind of teaching you well you know what what they're trying to put in history 
you know, as they were before, you know, this is how this happened. And, you know, basically, you know, let's let's take all the accomplishments of the black man away and basically paint it as, you know, oh, you know, this 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 dude from Europe came over here and did all this and, you know, did all this good and everything like that, you know, just kind of negate, you know, what black people have done for this country. You know, mm-hmm. I think the school system does a phenomenal job at at basically telling people that, you know, black people were a part of this country, but it was in terms of coming over here on a ship, slavery, civil rights movement. They did a good job with the civil rights movement. Now we're here today. It does a phenomenal job at blocking out the the honest accomplishments that we've had over the years when it comes to inventions or it may come to just medical breakthroughs or it may just come to overall, overall pioneering. Like, there's a lot of things that people just don't know that black people actually had a hand in because it's so whitewashed and they just think it just originated out of thin air when no, it had to come from somebody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, black people are definitely the innovators. I mean, if you look at it today, and if y'all, if y'all listen, if y'all really think about it today, like, you know, think about it. A lot of things like, a, you know, we talked about this a couple podcast episodes ago, but everything originates from black people majority of the time. Like, you know, a lot of the trends, a lot of the way we dress, a lot of the way we talk, act, um, do things or what we say, um, you know, even just, you know, overall perspective on things comes from, you know, the black mind. So mm-hmm. you really think about it. We influence so much of the culture today, what goes on in the world today. Why wouldn't that be the case, you know, all the way back then to the point where, you know, you have some people back in at that point who are very, you know, prejudiced and racist against black people who didn't want to see, you know, the influential black man, you know, sit there and affect the culture like it is in today's day and age, you know, they didn't want that spread back then. And even though it eventually led to that point, you know, Mm -hmm. they, they just didn't want that. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think that, you know, when it comes to whitewashing a textbook, the school system, and I'm not going to say all school systems, but I feel like majority of school system, I mean, they do a great job at whitewashing it. I mean, let's be real. I mean, there's a lot of people who, you know, growing up now, you know, you can sit them, ask them who Martin Luther King is. They may not even know who that is. And that's just the basics of it. That's that's like if you were in the ocean, that's mm-hmm. like you sticking your toe into the water. You haven't mm-hmm. even hit the deep end on what you can find out when it comes to real black history or what's been going on. And even, yeah. even past the civil rights movement all the way back into times of slavery and even times before then. Yeah, so I think I a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think a lot of that is just, you know, it's it's like I said, it's been very, very finely washed in the cycle of whitewash. Now, yeah, yeah. in the outside perspective, though, I feel like that even though a critical race theory is trying to get and it's been banned in some states in their curriculum, mm-hmm. I think it honestly won't matter. And I say that for the reason that is Juneteenth. Now, Juneteenth. Mm-hmm was you know definitely one of those holidays that you you as a black person you didn't think it would get recognized but just because of the movements of you know people sitting there and starting to realize who they are you know black people specifically as as a culture and then other cultures kind of realizing like hey this happened back in this time this was what went on during that day we should recognize this day and it actually truly deserves a celebration. And that came from the younger generation giving that movement and everything. The younger generation seeking out that knowledge and honestly coming to fruition like, yo, we need to put some respect on this day, you know? Absolutely. And I think 
you know, like I said, I don't think critical race theory getting banned in schools is going to be that much of an issue because it was a younger generation. It was us sitting there bringing it to the forefront, Juneteenth, to the point where the government officially made it a holiday this year. It was, you know, the younger generation bringing all these social and racial issues to the table that are starting to make, and I'm going to say starting because it hasn't happened yet, but starting to make these systemic changes come to fruition. And that's why I don't think even if you do ban critical race theory, it's still going to be taught outside of the works. You know, it is, you know, you have social media, you have the internet, you have, you know, just the younger generation, honestly. You know, I say younger generation, I'm talking about my generation and everyone below that who want to see a genuine change, who have definitely changed the narrative when it comes to social stigmas. So that's yeah. my perspective on that social, you know, not even social, critical race theory, my fault. Well, the only, I think the, uh, I was going to backtrack on what you said. Um, also, you know, you're talking about people don't know Martin Luther King. A lot of times people these days, you know, other than Barack Obama, you know, a lot of people don't really know nothing about black history. But I agree with you. The only way I see it making a change is if somebody can profit off of it. And yeah. what I mean by that is you see this Juneteenth. You know, I, I, I love the, the fact of it being a, a national holiday. The only thing I cringed about is when I would walk through these stores and I would see Juneteenth shirts and all this memorabilia that you didn't see beforehand. Yeah. But the, these white billionaires are saying, OK, let's hop on board with this so we can profit from what their struggle was and what they're trying to accomplish as black people we're going to we're going to profit off of this so you're yeah. seeing all these seeing all this memorabilia start to pop up and so uh, now is that money going to go towards us or is it going to go in their pockets it's going to go to their and pockets see, I, and I, you made a great point because i think that's where a big discrepancy now lies like it's good that juneteenth was recognized yes mm-hmm. but is it is it going to be one of those holidays where it's good that everyone recognizes it, but I think that the only people that should profit off it are black people. Absolutely. It, it's kind of like, and I'm going to throw this example at you. It's kind of like the Ikea thing. Did you hear about the Ikea situation? I think you said something about it before. It, uh, about, we, um, uh, Juneteenth, they served uh, fried chicken and watermelon. Uh, you could say 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 the uh, say the whole thing again, because I just in case somebody in there. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so on Juneteenth. Uh, they provided lunch to their employees, you know, specifically uh, the black employees, but to everyone. But mm-hmm. in honor of Juneteenth, they came up with a soul food menu that had fried chicken and watermelon on it. Now, mm-hmm. some, some, you know, some black people considered it as racist. You know, some, some, you know, considered it as not racist. It just kind of depends on where you look at it. Um, and again, they didn't consult with any black people about the menu. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, they just assumed uh, yeah, with their stigma. Assumed. Now, with that being said, and I'm gonna relate this back to what you said about profiting off Juneteenth. Now, is it bad? Now, see, because this is this is where you kind of get into the thickest situation. Is it bad if someone who isn't black wants to sit there and get involved in the Juneteenth shenanigans, or should it just strictly stay? To all black, like it's good if you recognize it. If you're not black, but if you're black, that's the people that should be making the moves. Because if another, if another, if another culture wants to sit there and try to honor your culture, would that necessarily be bad without it being stereotypical? Because personally, for me in the IKEA situation, 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it definitely was stereotypical. And I was like, mm-hmm. yo, bro. I mean, especially if you didn't consult with black people. It never be one thing. Black people did it. Like, mm-hmm. our people didn't do it. Exactly. So it's just like, you know, I'm like, ah. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna still eat that chicken and watermelon, but I ain't gonna. <laughs> He's, I'm not gonna like it. I'm gonna get I'm to see like it. it. If it's seamless, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not gonna like it. Exactly. I'm, I'm hungry at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, I, you know, and what you said about that, you know, should it be strictly the black people? I have no problem with uh, with white people being a part of it if your intentions are great. But yeah. what a lot of businessmen do is is they they believe in the dollar sign. What makes the world go around to them is money. They don't, you know, they're businessmen at first at the beginning of at the end of the day. They're yeah. businessmen first. So you can say all you want from uh, you know, a what you want to want to hear. You can tell the people what you want to hear, what they want to hear. But uh, that at the end of the day, they know what they're in it for. Nine yeah. times out of ten. Now, if you want to say, let's say, hey, all these profits are going to be donated to the United Negro Fund or whatever, how you NAACP, whatever you want to, you know, want to do it, then that's a different story, but I don't see them giving up them dollars because they know around this time of the year, you know, it's in June, they know, mm-hmm. hey, let's pop out those, you know, same as 4th of July, let's pop out those red, white, and blues, let's pop out these uh, these T-shirts uh, for June teams because we know we're going to get people buying them. And, so uh, question and- then, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. Do you think if July 4th wasn't recognized as Independence Day, end quote, um, do you think that if it was on the level of Juneteenth before it was officially recognized by the government, do you think that people would make T-shirts and everything for Independence Day? Or do you think it'd get the same treatment as Juneteenth? Because mm. first, I, I mean, for me, I feel like the only time that any business makes anything like you said, it's like when it becomes an actual holiday. So mm-hmm. I feel like that maybe. Well, I don't know. I, I do. I do feel like honestly, they'd probably be a little bit more bolder to make some uh, memorabilia for uh, the July Fourth. Mm-hmm. In that case, even though if, if hypothetically it wasn't considered uh, a national holiday, right? I, you know, I, it wouldn't be. Yeah, it's it's. It's the same with anything, any holiday, you know. Uh, they recognize the, the season, the the season that they're in, and they uh, try to make his. They plan accordingly, like you know, uh, soon as soon as summer ends, we're gonna we won't be probably around August, except like around August, you're gonna see the Halloween stuff come up, and then mm-hmm. you're saying the same it thing. Early and earlier every year, it, it gets earlier and earlier every year. September, you're gonna see Christmas stuff pop up. <laughs> so it's just yeah. uh, they 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 recognize that. Yeah, it can't even get to Thanksgiving first or Halloween. <laughs> exactly. It just it just uh, you just they're going with the times. People they know people try to get a jump start on this stuff, but yeah, Fourth uh, of July, uh, you know. I I don't see I think Juneteenth I mean it's new so I you know it give it a little traction over time it it's gonna get its you know get its bearings it's gonna it's gonna probably be up there with some of the some of the holidays but I think for at least right now it's you know it's probably on the lower end totem pole from uh people you know from what people care about at this point but yeah. give it time give it time it's going to it's going to um it's going to be all right because it, it's still fresh people are still getting used to it uh it's going but it's going to eventually uh be a a household name because i honestly i didn't really you know i'm, I'm being i'm gonna be real here i didn't really know nothing, nothing about juneteenth until i was an adult you know yeah. what i mean so and that and that and that 
you know, goes back further what we talk about in school, you know, we really didn't know nothing. To, you know, they really didn't teach us the Juneteenth stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, just... no, I'm I'm agreeing too because I didn't honestly know about Juneteenth until I think maybe a year or two years ago, and I think it started off with the episode of Blackish. Mm. Yeah, they then, try to stay. Yeah, and it started out with that, and then it also started out with um. Kenyon Barris had another, another, another show. Was it Blackish? And he had another show that he had made. On, um, is it is it like a spinoff of Black Black Blackish? Oh, well, you talking like, like you know it is actually has Kenyon Barris in it. It's kind of like about his family. Mm. Like you know the oh. show I'm talking about, right? Uh, I I believe so. He says on Netflix. Yeah, so it's it, you know he made Blackish, and then right. he, I think I think he made Black AF. That's the name of the show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah, and then they talked about Juneteenth on there. So, honestly, I mean, I found out through TV. Mm -hmm. I found out through TV, and then I kind of did my due diligence and did my own little research, and I was like, okay, you know, that's what Juneteenth is. But necessarily, Mm -hmm. no, I agree with you. I mean, I never knew nor heard about Juneteenth going throughout, you know, elementary, middle, high school. I didn't hear about it in my first couple years of college, and I didn't, you know, know about it until, you know, I happened to just watch those shows. And, you know, I was like, oh, what is this? And then I realized, like, whoa, yo, like, you know, we need to you know, celebrate this. And even, like, one of those episodes, you know, you know and I think in Black AF, um, you know, Kenyon Barris talks about to his kids, like, yo, like, it's wild that y'all don't know what Juneteenth is. Like, yo, everyone needs to know what it is. And they even gave, like, a little, you know, mini history lesson on, the, um, you know, Juneteenth holiday. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was, you know, one of those things was like, yo, like, we need more people to, like, know about this and actually celebrate this. Yeah, Shaq. I think you know Shaq is almost fifty years old, and I think he um said on on TV the other last week. He said I didn't know nothing about Juneteenth until last year. Yeah. So you know, yeah. So it, it's not just you know us, you know, as young adults who are learning. Older people don't even know this stuff either. So, but it's just a matter of uh, uh, getting that knowledge and uh, instilling that knowledge and keeping it uh, un un unraveling it and opening it up to the people because it's like you said it's been whitewashed and it's been covered up because it's not what the what society really wants you to know about and wants you to know your history so it's a good thing to to try to learn it yourself because this this uh this this world this uh this, these schools are not gonna um not gonna show it to you. You gotta go and do do it due diligence yourself as parents and you know, parents teach your children about where they came from and and how you know how we are looked at in reality as assumed to what they tell you in the classroom, you know, because it's two different worlds. Two yeah, different worlds. Man, I, I agree. So so would you would you say that the people who made those Juneteenth shirts who aren't black for profit off it, would you would you say they need to stop making those and stop supporting Juneteenth, or would you say that I'll, it needs to be one of those things where a black man, kind of like Virgil, like you know, a black content creator, you know, specifically and stuff like that, you know, gets endorsed by those black, you know, black people, by, by those people who are you know different ethnicities. That you know, do you think that? You know, it should be one of those things that when we, because I mean, I, you know, when Juneteenth came around, I definitely saw all the T-shirts and everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I didn't want it to be one of those holidays that basically got white explained. You know, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't want that. So, mm-hmm. 
I mean, when I saw the t-shirts, I was like, yo, that's dope. It's cool. I really bang with the shirts, but like, bro, like, you know, I don't know who's getting that money at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I want the shirt to go to, you know, someone who, you know, who, who, you know, I mean, you know, looks like me, who's been through the struggle, who's, you know, sat there and, you know, you know, did their due diligence and, you know, their, their history is the same as my history, you know, because this, this day is you know, to celebrate, you know, our, our liberation. Absolutely. So, I know, wouldn't, yeah, I, I wouldn't want somebody who is not of my ethnicity to profit off of something where it's really their fault in the first place, <laughs> you know? So it's like off yeah. of a holiday that wouldn't have happened if they would act right in the first place. But, you know, mm-hmm. but they're still, you know, if your intentions are good, by all means, market all you want, but I don't want you profiting off of me finally getting what I should have had in the first place. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's about it's about uh it's about the morals at the end of the day, which this world does not abide by. It's not about morals to this world. It's about it's about how much money you can make at the end of the day. Uh, but it's just we need to. I think there needs to be a committee or something needs to be done to where you can have somebody in a position to look over what they're trying to do and. Yeah. You know, or have some, or like you said, like have somebody in position uh, who's in charge of that in your in your department. Have a department head in your company that's over that that is that is African American or of a different you know ethnicity than white, because mm-hmm. that's that because that's um, because it won't it won't be it it will be generic. It won't be it won't be real if it's not. You know what I mean? It'll be just yeah. just generic at that point you're just trying to you know do what you can to get get a quick buck uh i think it needs to be somebody within the that that's in that position in the position to to be in charge of that and uh then then i would be okay with it i don't have any problems Mm -hmm. with any white person uh acknowledging juneteenth i have no problem with it it's just a matter of what is your intentions at the end of the day are you trying to make money off of it or do you really care about what's going on with us as a people so yeah I have a, I have like a little stipulation. I think that if you're, if you're, you know, you're not black and you're making some Juneteenth apparel, memorabilia, whatever the case may, you know, some merch. I think that instead of profiting the money, that money gets funneled into a black-owned business, uh, black-owned like you know charity, uh, a community. Like all those sales from Juneteenth strictly go back into the black community. If it's not already started and done by a black person themselves, you know, I think mm-hmm. that if you're one of those owners who really, you know, are trying to relate and everything, glad you're trying to relate. But I think those sales need to go straight back into, you know, the community that the day is trying to celebrate. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it's going to be a loss or a big hit, you know, to your company, if especially if you, you weren't selling this, you know, apparel before. So it didn't make a difference back then. So it's not like you're going to, you know, oh, I'm going to lose a big chunk of my budget. Like, no, like that money that you generate from those sales should be allocated appropriately, appropriately. And I think that that honestly would probably be a little bit better of a system. And 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 even more so if there was a little bit more transparency, too. Yeah. And you think about it, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, if you're looking at it in the right way, even with the wrong intentions, like a lot of times good publicity is better than. No, nope. the money, the, the good public. Like, let's say, if like, okay, you did what you did. Like, like your your plan is is spot on. What if you said, 
you know, I'm going to put it towards, you know, these black owned businesses. If you put that into the media, you're going to get probably more money coming into your to your business that way. Uh, if you let it out there, like, hey, I'm going to put this toward black owned businesses. Uh, you know how many black people probably support you with it after that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, from a from a business standpoint, you would probably get more people flooding to your to your company. I can't tell you how many people were out here rocking Nikes after they put Colin Kaepernick on their on their. I was no, I did the exact same thing when as soon as I heard Colin Kaepernick was the face of Nike when they put him on that on the cover of Nike a couple years ago, I, I showed it rock my Nikes proud because you got even you don't know what their intentions were at the end of the day but you still mm -hmm. you see that they're, they're making strides in the right direction for that uh, but yeah it's just you would you you would get good uh, publicity if you did something like that and people you probably have more people behind you now you might have something going the other way because you got those white people who are saying no nah, we want it this way we want to keep it this way this that and the other but you would probably have uh a, you know, a good amount of people supporting you, but you would have more good feedback than bad feedback, put it that way. Yeah, I just wouldn't want it to be for the fact of, like, like you said, like, you know, publicity, but I wouldn't want it to be to the point of, like, I'm just doing this to clout chase. Like, I'm just doing this to kind of, yeah. like, you know, look good, which, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, even though the, I think that that's a pretty fair trade-off. I don't <laughs> think that it's right, but I think it's a fair trade-off. Yeah, for, it, it, for the, 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 the way... Yeah, the way the businesses are run these days, a lot of times they're not run, they're not run with good intentions. Yeah. So, in, in, at the end of the day, you're going to you're dealing with that in any business you, you're you're dealing with. But uh, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, that's not necessarily a moral standpoint. You're still winning if you you denote you donated towards these African American uh owned business owned businesses. Uh, you know, even if you're looking at it from the wrong way, they're still you know, the right way of doing it is doing it because it's the right thing to do. But if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, too, it's still a good thing to do because you, you'll get more people gravitating towards your business for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, that, you know, it's definitely it's it's definitely good mm -hmm. for the fact that I think the money can go allocate. It's sort of like reparations, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't really support it, but I feel like, you know, any any chance to uplift the black community and try to put it you know in a better position I'm all for so mm -hmm. if that was to happen I, I I'd be cool I'd be cool with that mm -hmm. but I also think that some people would just do it for the for the publicity of it which I mean right. kind of sucks but necessarily mm -hmm. I, I mean I'd rather take that than you know no type of you know no type of help like you know it's like kind of like faking a funk like it's like oh like that's like me me and you Tyrone that's like saying like me and you get into an argument. I'm gonna still act like I'm cool towards you, but you know, behind my back, I'm like, man, man, I hate Tyrone, man. I don't even want to talk to that man. You know, like that, mm, that's, that's politics like, kinda, today. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> like, like I mean, if if that's just if that's what I get for the plan to be like that, then so be it. Because I mean, that, it would rather be that than you know, no, no type of funding or no type of you know betterment of the black community. At all, mm -hmm. so I I rather take that. that I mean, because there's there, there's not gonna be one case where it's gonna be someone just completely genuinely willing, wanting to solely help the black community when it comes to these businesses. It it just, it just won't happen, you know. As much as we want to, it just it's just not possible. I mean, at the end of the day, you think about it too. Also, on this standpoint, look at all the changes that are going on in this in this world today. Juneteenth, just the holiday alone. How many of these? How many people low key really don't want this holiday? 
You got to think yeah. about it like that, too. But we were forcing it down their throats because it's the right thing to do. But mm-hmm. deep down inside, a lot of these people are probably not feeling it. So Yeah, um, like when it came around, I mean, I saw the black people celebrating it, which rightfully we should. But, um, you know, I didn't see too many, uh, too many white people, you know, really, really rocking it or even kind of know what the hell was going on. Because it doesn't benefit them at the end of yep. the day, and it's nothing that if it's if it doesn't benefit or if it doesn't touch you personally, a lot of times people look at it and 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 shun it away. Same as with police brutality, they don't have to deal with it on a regular basis. So why do they care? Racism, they don't have to deal with it on a regular basis. Why do they care? Why should, why would we care? Because it doesn't have to deal with me on a personal level. It doesn't touch me on a personal level. So that's yeah. the reason why they're not doing it. They don't. They're not celebrating it. So yeah. But yeah, shout out. To, and I also want to tell this, say this too. Shout out to the NBA for hiring. I, you know, we talked about black coaches in the NBA. We starting to see a lot more of these uh, black coaches. You talk. You call. You called it with the Boston Celtics. They did hire a African American coach. Uh, yes. Yeah. They. Uh, Nia Long's husband. Uh, he used to used to uh, used to be a he was assistant coach for Brooklyn and San Antonio and and all and a couple of times he played in the um, NBA too as well. Yeah, he's got the job and Chauncey Billis got the Portland job. So we're starting to see starting to see a little bit of change. So which is which is good. So shout yeah, out to definitely. the NBA for that. Yeah, shout out to the NBA man. Always being pioneering when it mm-hmm. comes to activism and equality mm-hmm. when it comes to the sports world. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 But uh, without further ado, y'all, this has been another episode of Without Boundaries. Uh, it's getting to about that time, so we're going to go ahead and close up the shop tonight. Um, any closing remarks you got for the people, T-Sis? Uh, Same as always, love, not hate. Love, let's love each one another. Don't hate each other, so. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sh- shout out to everyone who uh, listens to the show. We greatly appreciate it. Like I said, sorry for the hiatus. A couple things going on. We got a couple things brewing with the pod right now that you guys should should see, and uh, you know, you know, in a very, 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 very short time period, time frame. You know, keep up with the podcast on you know Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram handle at Without Boundaries Pod, and uh, Twitter at Podcast underscore Without. Um, you know, as always, you know, listen to us on any major platform, whatever you're listening to, keep listening to us on that. Tell your friends, tell your family, you know, give us some feedback and, um, you know, just, you know, stay prayed up, stay masked up and, you know, keep, keep it pushing. Other than that, this has been another episode of without boundaries. Take it easy.